With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Luke Worsham. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Luke underscore Worsham. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Tighten Up Pod, on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we are under the A to Z Sports umbrella. Go give A to Z Sports a follow on all social media platforms. This is sode number 63, y'all. The Mike Munchak sode. No, it's not for the 63 times a game. Munchak would call an inside zone run as head coach. But Munchak was actually the last player in the franchise to wear the number 63. That's because it was retired in 1994 before the Titans arrived in Tennessee. So no Titans have worn the number 63. Should the Titans honor the retired numbers of players whose numbers were retired before the team arrived in Tennessee? Luke, what do you think about that? Warren Moon all but said A.J. Brown could wear his number one, keep them in the ring of honor, but maybe keep their numbers in play for, for future Titans? What do, the, what do you the, stand The greatest that? travesty in this situation is not that, you know, there's this weird issue of, you know, they're with the franchise, but it's a different team now. Th- that is an interesting discussion. What I'm more concerned about is how hideous the ring of honor looks. <laughs> it, it looks like... Your local, like, low-budget high school football team's ring of honor. Yeah, it does. And with all and with all of the upgrades that they've done to Nissan Stadium, which is an amazing venue. I love that stadium. It looks ridiculous. And, and you know, last year or two years ago, they bring out Eddie George and, and Steve McNair's family and have this grand jersey retirement ceremony. And I guess they were already in the ring of honor, so they already had those those names up there. But, but I tell you, what, what did happen was uh, th- there was the Hall of Fame thing for that uh, Oilers player whose name is escaping me. You know what I'm mm. talking about? The safety. Campbell? The safety. No, no, he was a safety. I do remember who you're talking about. Um, I, I don't know his name. It's, off on the, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. But w- when that guy came around for his ring ceremony – and, you know, David, I ran into David Baker, the president of the Hall of Fame in the tunnel that day. Huge deal, right? Guys going to the Hall of Fame. And they put his name on this little tarp on the top of the red fence. Like, can we not do a little better than that? Yeah, it's it's not a beautiful ring of honor, but it's a ring of honor nonetheless. And there are Titans, so. There, there are respect. Titans. Or, or somebody else's Oilers. I don't know. But. Either way, Titans rookie minicamp is underway, and there are a couple of early storylines we have to get to. Plus, which undrafted free agents have the best shot at cracking the roster? Luke and I share our favorite and who we think has the best shot of making the Titans roster. We have our first Titan Up Pod reunion show on tap for this week. Austin Huff, a familiar name, I'm sure, of Corked Bats, will join us this week. Austin gives us an update of what he has going on, what he's up to now. And we discuss some of the burning questions about the Titans heading into this season. After the interview, we turn our attention back to Jacksonville and Urban Meyer, who is completely in over his head. Urban followed up his signing of Tim Tebow 
by announcing that first-round running back Travis Etienne will spend all of rookie minicamp at wide receiver. I just Luke, I, I can't wait till he lines up Trevor Lawrence at wide receiver for his Tebow packages. So my first reaction when I read that, I was actually standing on the practice field watching the Titans when all that came out. My first reaction was the whole, you know, well, this is kind of weird and kooky and, you know, the whole making fun of Urban Meyer thing. But but then I, I kind of stopped and figured out what was happening, what was actually happening. And, and what's actually happening is I think they're trying to make him a more well-rounded player. So they're not turning him into a wide receiver. They were giving him reps there so that in the future, if they want to line him up at wide receiver, he has the basis to do so, which I think is potentially wise. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. And I'll tell you why once we get into it, but we're going to close out as we always do. Uh, So number 63 with remember the Titan. So I've got my guy. I'm sure Luke has his guy. You'll hear from us at the end about our, who we're remembering this week. Finally, you know, you've heard me jibber-jabber for long enough. Luke, the next step is for you to tell the people about Mill Creek Brewing Company. I will gladly tell the people about I will gladly tell the people about Mill Creek, not Moo Creek, Mill Creek Brewing Company. Located at 2008 B. Johnson Industrial Boulevard in Nolansville. It's one of the coolest tap rooms in Middle Tennessee. They've got over 20 unique Mill Creek beers on tap. They have a phenomenal patio seating area, as well as a massive indoor seating section available if you're looking to enjoy a little darling juicy days or a delicious Mill Creek hard seltzer to cool down as the temperatures have already begun to rise. Get on out to Mill Creek this week, a fantastic spot to watch the Predators rebound against the Hurricanes. Nobody throws a party like Mill Creek Brewing Company. You can check them out online at millcreekbrewingco.com, and you can also, on their website, see some of their upcoming events. They've got trivia every Thursday night and live music performances, including one coming up very soon, Joseph Elder will be performing next Saturday, and you don't want to miss that. So head on out to Mill Creek. Make sure to tell them that the Tighten Up podcast sent you. I love Mill Creek. I say it every week. You read it every week. It's the place to be. It's a happening spot. Tons of great drinks out there. But we've said our piece. With all that said, let's talk Titan. It's rolling around the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking I assure you we will get to what's going on this week at Titans Rookie Minicamp, but let me first say a few words about Smash Pest Control. Those pesky mosquitoes are back with a vengeance. Do not wait for them to invade your home. Put in a call to Smash Pest Control, the best pest control service in Middle Tennessee. Not only will they take care of your mosquito problems, they also offer crawl space control, and are fully equipped to rid your home of termites and bed bugs. These are two things you should not wait around to exterminate. Speaking of waiting, that's something that Smash Pest Control will never make you do. They don't keep you waiting around like other pest control companies. They show up on time, hustle, exterminate, and smash your expectations. Right now, you can get your initial pest control service started 
by mentioning A to Z for just $79. That's right. Mention A to Z at Smash Pest Control. They'll come out for your initial pest control service for only $79. That's a fantastic deal. Even better, the owners of Smash are community-oriented and tied to the sports scene here in Nashville. They're massive Titans and Preds fans, and that had a lot to do with the branding and naming of the company. These guys do amazing work all over the mid-state. Make sure to check them out online at smashpests.com. That's smashpests.com, where you will find the many services Smash provides, along with their excellent customer reviews. Need help with your pest problems? Give Smash Pest Control a call at 615-581-7473. And make sure to tell them that A to Z sent you. All right, Luke, let's talk some Titans, man. The, the Titans rookie minicamp is finally underway. You know, we get glimpses in small videos online, uh, mm-hmm. 10 seconds, 20 seconds, however long it may be, of what's going on out there. Yeah, You have been out there, correct? You know exactly what's going on. Can, can you let the yes. kind of in on, on what you've been seeing out there? Sure. So I was there for the one practice that was open to the media. Rookie minicamp is a very short thing. It's only three or four days and they only are required to open one of those to the media. And like really strict limits on what you can report. Uh, not that there's a whole lot. I even, in fact, there's maybe one or two things I saw that I'm, I'm not allowed to tell you. But th- the reason I'm not allowed to tell you them is not like there's some sort of big national secret. Like, there's not a whole lot going on at these things. You know, someone asked me afterwards, they're like, what do you think about this guy? Or what do you think about this guy? And, you know, mostly what you get watching rookie minicamp is a game of a couple of things. You get size, you know, how big guys are. And then you get like what they look like when they run, their footwork, things like that. And so to the extent that I made observations, those are the types of observations that I was able to make this weekend. There, what maybe the biggest news I guess that's come from it was that Elijah Molden's been a little banged up and he hasn't been fully going. And I don't know what the reason is for him, you know, to be participating in a limited fashion, but that's what Vrabel said. You know, if if he had to put a if him and the medical team got together and they had to put a grade on Elijah Molden, they would say, you know, limited participant. So yeah, that shouldn't concern you for me, at least. Um, it's it's just rookie minicamp and it's probably something small. But and he practiced. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like at yeah, the yeah. End. And he practiced, but people need storylines and people need things to talk about. So, of course, uh, they're, they're going to throw the Titans fans in a frenzy by saying Elijah Molden, he's banged up. What are we going <laughs> to do a, if it, Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden open the season at- hurt? As I wrote afterwards, it's something worth monitoring, like keep an eye on it, but panicking or acting like this is some sort of setback for anybody is, is a bit of an overreaction considering again, he did practice at the end. Yeah. It's, it's not a big deal. In my opinion, it's not, it's no need to sound the alarms. There's no need to, um, you know, head to the death con system. But uh, yeah, okay, we'll monitor. We'll keep an eye on it and make sure everything's okay there. It's it's just you know, I, I think part of what it is are is Titans fans with PTSD from last year in the secondary and the injury problems with the Dory Jackson and who's going to start out wide alongside Malcolm Butler. You don't know Christian Fulton was down last year, so it, yeah. it's just a bunch of Titans fans, in my opinion, 
that are a little caught up in it and, and, you know, have let last year kind of scar them in, 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 in a way. And maybe that's why there's more reaction about this than there should be. And it's also partly, uh, we, we can also put blame on our friend Buck Rising and, and uh, some of the other guys around town who are who are giving this more than enough attention. Well, I do need to say something about Buck Rising. So, oh please, uh, please do. I, and I'm trying to find the tweet, but Buck Rising tweeted after the Titans signed free a undrafted free agent punter whose name I can't remember. I had the roster in front of me. I'm, I'm just as long as it's not Trevor Daniel. It's not Trevor Daniel. But Buck tweeted something to the extent of, hey, undrafted free agent punter, Brett Curran do a lot of money for a punter this year. I saw that, too. That dude, uh, the punter who's – I don't know where my roster sheet went. That dude stinks, man. Like, I was watching him (laughs) with, like – a second out. I, I was literally about to pull out my stop my, my James, phone and use it, the stopwatch. James that, Smith of that, Cincinnati. James Smith. Name. Yeah. James Smith is not beating out Brett Kern, folks. Like this dude, his his hang time, like it, it was like watching no. <laughs> there was no hang time on these suckers at all. <laughs> They're None. ground balls. Yeah. I mean, it, so, it would just kind of like like you, you know, you talk about launch angle. And and you can't see me on this podcast, but I'm doing my finger in like a McDonald's M arch. Mm-hmm. Now his were just kind of like straight across. Ooh, lazy liners, huh? That's not good. Yeah. But so while people are overreacting, we figured we'd get it on the action. We have a couple UDFAs. I I, I yes. tasked Luke with picking, you know, a, a UDFA that the Titans have signed that he believes has a legitimate chance of making the Titans roster. I have also uh, found one. We don't have the same guy. Although I thought we might, we do not. Um, so there's a lot of holes on this Titans roster, Luke. There's, there's positions mm-hmm. where depth is an issue. And the Titans have kind of tried to bring in a handful of dudes who can, you know, can see if maybe this is a guy they'd want playing behind a starter or maybe even you know a third guy at a position. So let's start with you. Who is a guy that you think the Titans brought in as a UDFA that has a legitimate shot of cracking the roster? I think it's Naquan Jones, the defensive lineman. I'm so and happy I to say hear that. that. I'm so happy to not hear that. Because, and I say that not because I've seen anything from him where I'm like, oh, man, he's got it. Because, like I said, you don't get that from rookie minicamp. What I saw was he was the only interior defensive lineman undrafted free agent that the Titans brought in. And as a result of that, at rookie camp, and they didn't draft one, at rookie camp, he was the only person in his position group. And so during individual portions of practice where you know oh. receivers are working with receivers and running backs, yeah. are working, this dude was getting like three-on-one coaching. Like at one, you know, the defensive line coach, uh, Terrell Williams, I'm pretty sure is his name, was over there, and, and Vrabel's over there. And I mean, this dude's getting three-on-one coaching. And so – my, my argument for why he has a case to make this team is not, man, think of how ahead he's going to be by getting all this three-on-one coaching. Although that's part of it, I, I think the fact that that number is so small certainly gives him a better chance. But the Titans are going to need a fifth defensive line because you've got your two starters, Simmons and Autry, and you've got your two rotational players, Tier Tart and Laurel Murchison. you got to have a fifth guy, I think. They did last year with Matt Dickerson, who's out the door now. And I think that Naquan Jones probably has an inside shot at being that fifth guy. 
That's that's some good stuff. Okay, that's that's some stuff I didn't really know about. You know, especially the part of the Titans met with this guy ahead of the draft process. So they obviously liked what they saw. Another thing that I saw was that uh, he spent some time, 340 pounds. That that's heading into the draft process. He was he weighed 340 pounds. He's since dropped to I believe 313 pounds. So he's getting slimmer. He's getting quicker. You have to be quicker at this level. Uh, you know he's dedicated to do this. He's an, he's a really great story. He lost his mom in 2019, and uh, and really he, he wears a, a necklace around him, kind of you know to remember her and to remember the you know his family members that he's also playing for. He's a good kid, uh, from what I read off the field. He's not going to be an issue in that department at all. He's a hard worker. He's determined. Um, Effort was it was an issue I, I saw, but he he seems to have a good idea of what it's going to take to fix that. I think it's just you know him getting in better shape will will, will help a lot with that. Um, so Naquan Jones, I'm glad to hear that. Daquan Jones out the door. Give me Naquan Jones. Give me the the evil super uh, super villain of Naquan Jones. He sounds you know Daquan sounds like the good guy. Naquan you know it's a bit more intimidating of a name. So I'm I'm glad they found they potentially found their Daquan Jones replacement. Although he's not going to start, it'll, it'll probably be towards the back end, like you said, a fifth guy yeah. at that position. But that's a good one. I like I like that you said that because he was a guy I was looking at as well. I'm going offensive tackle. He's he's a swing guy. He can play guard. He can play tackle. He went to BYU. He's actually a 25 year old rookie because you know I mean if you go to BYU you're like 28 when you come out of college. So I'm going Chandler Herring, 6'6", 307 pounds out of BYU. That's a top five O-line he played on last year. Uh, he, his responsibility was to keep Zach Wilson clean, and he did that. Uh, he, Lance Zerline, it's interesting. I read a few comments of some, some people who uh, were kind of assessing Herring's ability ahead of the draft and after he was picked up by the Titans. Uh, Lance Zerline of NFL.com said Herring is built like a Viking. And I just, I, I love that. That, that, that is exactly what I want in offensive line. I want a guy to be built like a Viking. No, not a guy who doesn't show up on Monday night, like Kirk cousins, but an actual real life Viking. So that's encouraging. BYU's offensive line coach also said him and Frank Ragnow are the freakiest I've ever seen. Ragnow, uh, as some of you might know, pro bowl center for the lions last season. So that's good company to be associated with. For Herring's size, you you would imagine that there would be a spot for him on this roster, especially you, you know since he's projected to be a guard at this next level. Behind Nate Davis on the Titans roster, uh, on the Titans depth chart, I should say, is Daniel Munyer. Munyer's 29. He's been in the NFL since 2015, but he's only played in 19 games. So there's not a ton of experience. They're getting younger with Herring, um, and you look at the left side of the line, if he wants to go over there behind Saffold is Questenberry, David Questenberry. So um, I think I think Q Berry's probably got a better shot to stick around than Munyer, but I I think that there should be reason to believe that, you know, Herring could be that guy behind Nate Davis. And and also if, you know, Lawan's coming off an ACL and, and there's questions of where they're going to go with right tackle. If he's needed as a you know break glass in case of break glass in case of emergency tackle, they can use him there too. Six seven, 
307 pounds. I mean, the guy's a massive dude. The guy's an iceberg of a human being. Yeah, and I wrote about a week ago, I think, I did a piece on positions where the Titans need better competition because I was looking at the roster. I was trying to pick out a 53, and what I was finding was I was getting to many positions, and it was like, okay, it's these five guys, and, like, who else could it be? Like, there's no one else, you know, out there. And one of those positions was guard where it's um, Daniel Monier and Aaron Brewer, and that was really it. And so I think your boy here certainly has an opportunity if he can get himself in a position to compete with, like you mentioned, Monier and I think Brewer as well, because the Titans are very solid, I think, in terms of their depth at offensive tackle with Sam Brilo and Lamb and, and wherever Raidens happens to fall. And though they said that Sam Brilo can play guard, I think you need an, an inside guy or two. And I think that Brewer will probably be one of them. And, and I think that, that this is certainly a position where, um, like you mentioned, and, and one of those undrafted guys can make the roster. And I think there are several of those positions, honestly. I mean, we've talked about two of them inside of the defensive line and, and inside of the offensive line, but there are others too, certainly. It's going to be really interesting to see this rookie minicamp and how it shakes out because there are still some some areas where the Titans need to fill in terms of, you know, getting guys at depth positions like defensive tackle. They just lost, you know, in the last two seasons, they've lost Terrell Casey and, and Daquan Jones. So um, it's it's definitely an area of concern. Offensive line, we know the, ro- the you know, the revolving door of, of rotational offensive linemen that, that have come in. So. We'll see how it shakes out, but these you, you'd agree these are the two two of the early favorites for making this roster, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, good. All right, well, we're pulling for them. They're on our side. If you're on our side, you're on the right side. So before we get into Austin Huff, let me say a quick word about DraftKings Sportsbooks. It's playoff time, big stakes, bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to – Lower the over-under on a featured playoff game so you can lower the total. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the total on the game. That's right. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers the over in the featured game helps to lower the game's over-under. The best part is that even, even as the lines lower, the odds remain at even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code A to Z when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money that's promo code A to Z, A T O Z, for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbooks. Must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. Maximum $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text Tennessee Redline 1 800 889 9789. Now let's get to Austin Huff. I got this fool punch in my cup. 
This week's guest needs no introduction, but he will get one anyways. He's a founding father of the Tup and a big reason why the podcast has gotten to be where it is. He actually leads all of our guests with 58 appearances on the podcast. <laughs> He's a proud alum of Brentwood High School and one of the best walk-on running backs you've never heard of. He's also the founder of Corked Bats. That's Corked with a K, which you can find on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find him on Twitter, at Austin Huff. By now, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Austin, what's happening, man? Oh, my gosh. It's so good to be freaking back on this podcast. Uh, uh, before we get into anything, uh, can we can we do can we do the segment? Do you want to do the segment? Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. Luke Worsham. <laughs> I feel so I, I feel good. honored that I can I can be here for the Luke Worsham segment this time. It's been weeks since I've done the Luke Worsham segment, and I've missed it so much. Uh, no, guys, thank you for having me. You know, when I put that, I shared that the first time y'all did the Luke Worsham segment, I shared that on my Instagram story, and I got so many texts. It's like, what is that, and why is that happening? <laughs> like, what, what the hell kind of podcast does just a segment where they just say your name over and over? That's the exact reaction we were going for when we created the segment. Hey, but Austin, no. what's new with you, dude? It's been so, a while. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but I haven't been on the podcast in a while. Uh, it's I am uh, I, I got a job in Chicago. Uh, it was it happened all very fast. It was it was like, boom! I I found out about the job. Next thing I know, hey, you got to uproot your entire life, sell your home in St. Louis, and move to Chicago. So I am in the middle of that process and everything. And uh, it is a it is a morning radio show in in Chicago on country music radio. It's a very cool opportunity. I'm very excited for it. But obviously, I had to kind of prioritize things and not saying that that the top isn't very important to me. It is. It's very important. But it's not the most important to you. It's I, I just <laughs> had to I had to put it aside for a bit. Um, I'm really hoping to to be back officially still have to figure things out um just with the new gig and and make sure it can it can be done properly but uh but yeah it's uh, so so there's still more more to come with that but um in the meantime you were like hey do you want to hop on and i was like yes there's nothing in this world that i want more than that right now and and so here we are here we are making podcasts together again yeah, and I think I speak for all of us when I say, you know, we're all really excited for you. You deserve it. We all know how talented you are. And um, while while everything else is kind of figuring itself out, we're glad to uh, at least get 30 minutes out of you this week. So oh, welcome wow. back. You've been Thank welcomed. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've missed you guys, and I miss the Tuppers. I've gotten uh, great texts and tweets from, from Tuppers out there, and I appreciate all of you. Uh, and, yeah, hopefully hopefully the, uh, the future of this podcast is uh, – is remains extremely bright i mean even even if i don't come back and it's just luke it, it remains extremely bright because let's be honest luke worsham luke worsham <laughs> luke worsham uh, 
Austin, I, I was sent something recently that I want to read to you just so that you, you have a full understanding of who has been the interim host in your stead over the last month. Okay. This, this is a comment that is no longer on YouTube because the powers that be deleted it. And I think you'll see why when I read it. But this was a comment to the stand up that Buck Rising and I did after Titans rookie minicamp. And this will clue you in on, on who has been your interim. D615, again, this was deleted either by him or, or the powers that be, wrote, both of these dudes, Buck and I, are the type of dudes that sit in the corner and watch their old ladies get blasted by BBC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, Luke. Did you screenshot that? Uh, how did you get a hold it was, of that? It was, it was screenshotted and then sent to me. I, no, no, no. I, hold on. Before, before, did you screenshot that? Be, like, no, the first question is, did you deny it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not there anymore, so I suppose we'll never know what my response to it will be officially. Although the guy who, who commented did go back <laughs> and say, your content is, quote, effing trash with, I'm counting six H's at the end of trash. Oh man. D615 hey, you say? Yes. It's all right. I um so I I recently uh, a couple of weeks ago I I don't know if you guys heard or not but uh Panda Isaiah Wilson dropped a mixtape. Did you guys did Oh, you guys we talk talked about, about, about oh, we, that. I want to hear what you have to say about yeah, that because we got thing. our chance to react to and it's not Isaiah Wilson Austin, it is GG Bowser, all right? GG Bowser. Yeah, exactly. Name. Sorry. Sorry. No disrespect to Isaiah Wilson. Because if there's one thing this podcast has always stood for, it's it's to never disrespect <laughs> Isaiah Wilson. First round draft pick Isaiah Wilson. And the, all of the uh, respect that we showed him eventually did get us blocked from his Instagram. So it true. didn't really work. He blocked. <laughs> I think he blocked my personal account. Um, yeah, he blocked my personal account. But I, I so a couple of weeks ago on Corkfat's uh, YouTube page, I put out a uh, video. Um, uh, where I gave I, I gave in-depth analysis on one of the songs and one of the captions <laughs> one of the captions or I mean one of the uh, the comments on the video <laughs> said said you are not funny like at all <laughs> which is like fine <laughs> like that a lot of people have that opinion I, I completely I'm okay <laughs> with that uh, but what was funny was someone else commented on that comment was like what are you, Isaiah Wilson's mom? <laughs> <laughs> we actually read some lyrics to one of his songs. Meep Meep was what it's called. Meep Meep. That was the video yeah. I, I reviewed in the video. Yes, uh, or that or that was the song that I reviewed. It that is, he he stopped singing like a, a a minute and five seconds into the song, and it's a three minute song. Yeah, there's a lot of dead air on that song. It, <laughs> it's just the beat for two minutes, which is very like now that we know Isaiah Wilson. <laughs> like like that fits like that's in fact i would be surprised if he actually sang the entire song and that was yeah. kind of the label he had coming out of the draft right he was a project i think right, that's right. being <laughs> some of the same words are being said about him you know now that he's left the football game and joined the rap game yeah. my, fa my favorite title from the album was up the sco because that's something that never happened when he was on the field oh. yeah right right yeah he said something <laughs> he had two straight lines back to back uh where he said, uh, oh man, let me see if I can find it. He, he said something like, she be, sh uh, sh she be sucking on my meat, bitch, 
sucking on my dick bitch or something yeah and it was like the same line back back and forth <laughs> henry david thoreau was rolling in his grave <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- uh, two woods, <laughs> or t- uh, a path that bulges in the woods. Meanwhile, uh, Isaiah Wilson's more like she's be sucking on my woods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of work to do, and he I'm just glad he's out of work. He gave us premium content for a while though, but hey, and he well, still is. I mean, honestly, yeah, it does, the content doesn't I, stop with him. Austin, Austin, how do you th- how do how do you think Amy Adams Strong feels about the fact that she's funding this exercise? Yeah, I don't know. Do, do, I, I think she'd be okay with it as long as she gets a, a credit on she the album. Get a little feature, maybe it's like an, an executive, executive producer, producer. Yeah, uh-huh. tag on on the album. I think then, as long if that's the case, then yeah, I think Amy Adams Strunk. I mean, I would be okay with it as long as he gave me credit. You know? <laughs> Have you heard about the? And we're going to talk about the. You, you're actually now that we're okay. Full transparency. We recorded this interview before we did the other half of the pod so <laughs> what? while you're listening to this you have already heard um some of our talk or talk about a rookie mini camp and our favorite udfas and did but you guys do remember the titan we do remember the titan every week dude right, no good. no good. yeah remember the titan will be after this so i i just don't want i want to make sure that things didn't change uh now Luke's come actually. He's come on strong with some remember the Titans. But right, I want to ask. Yeah, you, I, didn't, I didn't want like I didn't want like Luke, the new boyfriend, moving in and like rearranging all the furniture. You know, like it's still our apartment, Jack. Okay. Yeah. I, no, I know. I know. And, the, and the, our succulents won't. They're still going to be on the mantle. Don't worry about it. We're not going to make big changes. But uh, I want to talk to you because the Titans made a splash in the UDFA market, and Luke's already not really a splash. I mean, they signed the ten guys that every team does. Um, Luke's already talked about them. This is a guy named Naquan Jones. The Titans let Daquan Jones walk, and they bring in Naquan Jones, who plays the same exact right. position. Yeah, pretty like, much has the same name. It's like cutting War Mario and signing Wario. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> the, Naquan Jones is the evil brother of uh, Daquan Jones, and he's got like a <laughs> like a pointier mustache. Naquan Jones does sound like kind of the evil guy. It's like Luigi and Waluigi. You know which one of those is the evil one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I Look, I, I feel like in the draft, and I know I'm a, like you guys have probably covered the draft extensively, but um, it was interesting for me personally to see the Titans like, all off season, we've been harping about how John Robinson has to come out and have the best draft of his life because he's literally coming off of the worst. No draft gambles, only sure things. Yes. Like, look, John, just go out, like, do, like, you need to nail this because if you don't, it's going to be really bad for you. Not just like within the office, but I think amongst fans, there was no room for error. So with the very first pick, he takes a player who hasn't played a football game since 2019, who is currently having back issues and scheduled for surgery, and uh, and is 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 just a the biggest possible question mark in the entire draft. Now look, I've had some time to think about it. When that first when that pick was first made, I was I was livid. I was like, you got to be joking me right now because you wanted Elijah Moore. I yeah I yes I I did want Elijah Moore yes um but I was or also any like, wide receiver I point. wanted just someone who has played in the last twelve months 
<laughs> played football. Uh, you know, the sport that they'll be playing in, in August. Um, Two I, that's, back surgeries from a first-round player after your past first-round player is already out of the NFL, is right. already rapping, uh, you, you know, talking about all the stuff we just talked about. It's – John Robinson, it, he's got balls. I'll give him that. He's got he's balls. Got, he's, he's got with, massive balls. It's like Vrabel going for it on fourth down on plays when he's not supposed to go for it on fourth yeah. down. Like, he's got those massive – Test, testicles the thing is though about the draft it's harder to gamble in the draft and, and you know after all the disaster that happened last year i mean I, there, there wasn't a player in that draft class that really made any uh, solid contribution for this team i mean that you had back into the draft secondary players like chris jackson stepping in because the entire defensive backfield was a mess but yeah. it's you would think that he wouldn't take the gambling route, but this right. man was like me, five Jack and Cokes deep at Gold Strike and Tunica, just rolling the dice. Yeah. And you, it's it's hard for me to. Not only well, let, not let, only was the first round pick a gamble, you know, waiting around for Des Fitzpatrick in the fourth round, <laughs> yeah, the deepest yeah. wide receiving class in you know probably the last decade. That's a big risk, and he was I mean, he he must really like some of these guys because. You know, taking an inside linebacker, taking uh, a, another defense—you know, a member of the defensive backfield in Molden—before yeah. uh, you take a receiver. And yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of how tackle. long it took him to get a wide out. Like that was definitely one of the higher needs coming into the draft. And he, yeah, he did. He was like waiting. It was like me. It was like me. Like you know, like when when we're having company over at our house, and like me waiting till like ten <laughs> minutes before they show up to start cleaning. You know, like that's what <laughs> yeah, that's the way John exactly. Robinson approached the draft. And 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 now look, I so I, I clown him. I clown him for his decision, but now I build him back up. Most of the time, people build someone up and then clown him. No, no, no. I clown him first, then I build him back up because I will say this: Caleb Farley. If this was last year's draft. Or, or yeah, or or if he was healthy and played this year, he would have been a top ten pick. Like he's yes. a great talent. He's a great athlete. Very um, Cortland Finnegan. At, uh, yes, it's a great comparison. And and yeah. I want to I want to make sure everyone knows. You know, I'm not anti Farley. I I completely right. I completely understand why they took him. It's just the fact that this is a guy that a lot of teams in the first round passed on because they were a little skeptical of his medical yeah. reports and stuff and a back and I, injury I wish, at that age, two back surgeries is, is I wish is they would, I wish he would have done the thing they did when I think it was when they got Derrick Henry, uh, where they didn't go running back with their first pick, but then they traded up to get Derrick Henry early in the second round. I wish they would have done that to get Elijah Moore early in the second round on day two. Like that's what I wish. But look, I, but instead we got, we got who we got. And, uh, it is, I will, and I will give John Robinson credit on this front from a team content standpoint. This is, this is a great draft class for names fan. And you know, I'm a big, name I, I knew you would talk about this. I'm a big <laughs> name guy. This is a, like, this is, he had it out of the park when it comes to names. And maybe that's that, maybe that was the only thing he was drafting by was just guys with great names. Are you talking Racy McMath, Brady oh, Breeze? Yes. Yeah. So I actually have a uh, power ranking, quick power ranking, top five names of the draft this year, season. All right. Go. Coming in number five, we've got Des Fitzpatrick. Des. All right. The Des dispenser. Let's go. I love it. Uh, number four. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, <laughs> number four, Elijah Molden. Okay, Elijah Molden. All right, not the Elijah we wanted, but still, uh, Molden is a great name. Okay, uh, Elijah's four, a strong first name too. Yes, that's a strong first name. Oh, without question. Almost every Elijah that I know or have heard of is extremely fast. Yeah, or in the Bible. So, or in the I Bible, think, we yeah. don't. They didn't. They didn't have laser times back then. So, yeah, he could either be. One, I'll take either one. You know, especially coming off of Isaiah Wilson, who was also a <laughs> biblical name, was not very biblical. So, I will take. Uh, I will take Elijah any day. Uh, my number three, Monty Rice. Monty Rice sounds like something I would order at a Thai restaurant. I'll take a, can we do a plate of the a Monty Rice for the table? Great. Uh, number number uh, two. Am I on number two? I think I'm on You're number two. two. Number two. Brady Breeze. That and that was the last pick of the draft for the Titans. That guy's Brady gonna fail Breeze. a drug test. That guy's gonna fail a drug test. I, <laughs> I, <that's, laughs> there's never been a name that that a more stoner name in the NFL has there. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to it's, think he, if not, he's definitely a guy who drinks a lot of monster energy drink. <laughs> like, yeah, one of the like two Brady walks in every day with this, a, a tall boy of monster not out people, at the skate park and smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Not enough people Brady are pointing Bruce. out with his name that it is the, the two most accurate quarterbacks of the last 20 years combined into one. Oh, good. Word, oh, wow. Luke. And that is why Luke Worsham is the best. That is why Luke Worsham has his own damn segment on this podcast. <laughs> Brady and Breeze. That is phenomenal. That is yeah. great. Uh, it is. It's Brady Breeze. Like, what's his middle name? Manning? <laughs> like, it's what, <laughs> like, what the hell? How I'm on, I'm on it. Let me see. That it, yeah, yeah, please find out find out his middle name. And then my number one, my number one, drum roll. Uh, my number one, of course, Racy McMath. Are you kidding me? And he's a, a speedster. Wide, a That's... wide receiver named Racy. And uh, I mean, McMath is cool too. Also, like I don't have a joke for that, but that's like <laughs> Racy McMath. Like hell yeah, let's go! Like I want a wide receiver named Racy. The only other like better name I can think of is, uh, like for a wideout would be Hansy. <laughs> yeah, Racy is a great first name for a guy who's known for his speed. And then McMath, that kind of sounds like the head accountant at McDonald's or something. Although Hansy could get in trouble in other areas too. That's, <laughs> we don't want we don't want a Hansy on the team, especially in this now, day and age of the Me Too movement. As I'm still looking for Brady Breeze's middle name because it was not listed on his Wikipedia, Austin, what do you think about the fact that the Titans drafted an outside linebacker who told police he would hit a woman if she needed it? Oh, yeah, dude. How do you I, feel about that, Austin? Oh, my gosh, dude. Like, I saw that, and I thought it was a joke. Like, I legit thought I was reading an Onion article. <laughs> like, who, first of all, who says that one? Second, who says that to authorities? Jesus, like, <laughs> yeah. this man thinks he's like, immortal. I, and why would the cops ever need a reason to hit a woman? <laughs> I am not laughing. Like, at this, what, like what, it's a terrible situation. I'm laughing at the absurdity of the situation. What was Rashad Weaver hoping for? You know, he says to a police officer, you know, it's okay to hit a woman if he need if she needs it. And the police officer nods back at him. Yeah, actually, you got a point. No, that's not exactly. That's that's completely backwards. It and the funny or not the funny part about it. It's the worst part about it is whether or not he did hit this girlfriend who is allegedly his or hit this girl who is allegedly his girlfriend or ex girlfriend, and she may or may not have been pregnant. 
I'm not sure. The fact that you say this is almost just, so say you didn't, say she made it all up. Sure. The fact that you said this, you, you've incriminated yourself and, and that's, you're playing, you've, you've just been drafted by a team whose owner is a woman. How do you not do all of this, all of this research? And Paul Karski reported, you know, teams were, teams knew about this. Some did, some didn't, but if you're the Titans, and this is the guy you're drafting. This is the guy you are giving a contract to. You're paying to play for you. How do you not know everything about him? Yeah. Every yeah. single thing about him. Especially coming off of the year you had with Isaiah Wilson. Like not, because that was definitely. That and had Vic to have Beasley. Been and, a situ- uh, and Vic Beasley. You're right. Like that is, I, that, I don't understand how you're not more diligent on that front. And. And the thing is, the frustrating thing is there's so many guys in the draft that you can take and you happen to pick. It's like it's like when you go to the grocery store and you're like and you're picking out apples and (laughs) and you're like and I don't know about you guys. I don't know how you guys shop for apples. I'm I'm a Granny Smith guy. Okay, All right. Granny Smith. Like you you, you go to the apple bin and you just for me personally, I stand there and I'm like and I before I before I touch because I don't want to pick one up and then put it back down. Sometimes I do that, but I don't want to because I think that's gross, especially in this day and age of COVID. Yeah, but how are you going to know what the backside of the apple looks like? Well, see, that's the thing. You don't, what you do is you have to look at the three quarters of the apple that you already know and you have to be like, okay, all right, that's what I'm going for. And then you pick it up and you look at the back and you hope that there's not this huge like divot in it or, (laughs) (laughs) or something else. That John Robinson. John Robinson just goes, he grabs his bag, his little twisty tie, and he and he just picks up the first apple he sees. He don't, he don't, it's like a, he didn't even it, he didn't even take the time to look and say, you know what, there might be a scratch on the other side of that that apple. He doesn't that, pop, that he, apple might want to might threaten to punch a woman to cops. Uh, <laughs> he's a legitimate <laughs> bad apple. I mean, <laughs> it's it's like when you're in the, shopping for eggs, you got to lift up the top of the cart and make sure none are broken. Right. Then that, those eggs are, your are another great example. Yes. Eggs are another great example. And you have to eggs almost even more so than apples, because if there's even a hairline fracture in an egg, you could be screwed. You could have egg all over your backseat of your car before the time you get home. So with <laughs> and clearly John Robinson had to take his car to the, the car wash the next day because he got egg all over the back of his car, like before the draft was even over. It's just bad. I I don't know. I'm it's look. Not it's look. not a good start for Jr. I I love Jr. In Jr. We trust. He's gotten us out of bad times. I got in a Twitter fight about this with some random guy the other day. He was like, "Why does everyone suck Jr.'s nuts?" And it's like, <laughs> were you he, were you a fan before Jr.? Like he's gotten this franchise out of a. You're Rustin Webster diehard. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, is that is this Rustin's burner right now that I'm fighting with? <laughs> At least they didn't tell us that uh, Rashad Weaver has a jolly chuckle, as they did with Isaiah Wilson. <laughs> jolly chuckle. Which, uh, hey, looking back, that's the best thing that was on his draft report. That was <laughs> that was the best thing we could have gotten from him. <laughs> uh, it's 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 not what you want. But look, at the end of the day, I mean, John Robinson has has had plenty more hits than misses when it comes to. Uh, you know, draft picks. He, he's drafted a, a handful of pro bowlers, Derrick Henry, Kevin Byard. Uh, he, he's had uh, some here's, slip here's ups the, as well. 
yeah. when he misses, he misses, which, he misses and, very and big. every G every GM has misses. And that's what it, people need to realize. Like every no GM hit bat seven for seven in every draft. No, no GM. A lot of GMs barely even hit above the Mendoza line in drafts. OK, like it, it, it's hard to do that. JR has been better than he has been bad. But you're right. The reason we clown or like like he gets so much heat is because his misses have been he's been like when he misses, he does one of those like bugs, bunny swings and misses where it's like he swings so hard and whiffs so bad. He spins that he into spins, a tornado. Yeah. And he and he digs himself a little hole and then he has to like climb out of the hole like that is that's how bad Jr. misses. But my, my problem is my problem home runs. My problem with John Robinson is that the first rounders have not been good enough. Oh no 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 no! All but 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 his second rounders have been great. So that's where I give him I give him leeway. I'm like, look, yeah, his first rounders have sucked, which is like an important. It's an important round in the draft, sure. But his second rounders have nailed. Like he has nailed his second rounders. So that I give him. Like if his first and second rounders uh, sucked, I'd be like, nailed might be a, a bit aggressive. I mean, it, Derek Derek Henry's been phenomenal. Of course, he's on a Hall of Fame track. But then you have like. Kevin Dodd, Austin Johnson, Harold Landry's been good, not great. AJ hey, Brown. All right, look, all right. On the definition of nailed, I'll take a step back to you since uh, you like to watch the BBC go after your girl. Like that, I'll, <laughs> oh my God. I'll take a step back on that one. That I'll, uh, no, I'll give you the right away on that one. Oh, the, no, the, uh, the, I, no, it, it, it's been better. And, and he's the, the ones that he has hit on in the second round have been, have been great but you're right he he's not good at drafting in the first round which is frustrating i mean the titans don't in his time the titans haven't had great picks in the first round at least in recent years he I, has so, the number one pick in any of the top five pick i know you, you added that in recent years in recent years yeah no yeah yeah you didn't let me finish in recent years <laughs> yeah early on he was yeah because he had to get this franchise out of draft hell and he and he drafted marcus Mariota, which no, he didn't. No, he, he came the year after. He came 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came Conklin the year after was, Marcus Mariota. Conklin yeah. was the first. He drafted Conklin. Conklin. The, uh, so, that's that's what I said. J-Rob's first rounders. <laughs> and for, for, as, for as well as he's done in the second and the third rounds, and he's kind of uncovered some late-round gems when you talk about Jayon Brown and, and some of these other guys, uh, the first-round guys, he's only drafted one guy in the first round so far that looks like he's headed toward um, a second deal in Tennessee. Rashawn yeah. Evans is on his way out. D- Corey Davis just left. Jack Conklin, uh, he performed, but Jack, you know you couldn't afford Jack it. Conklin, you could make the argument that they should have re-signed him and yeah. that that was an oversight because Jack Conklin is a two-time All-Pro, yes. the second time being this past season. So but the, but then I, you have, I, I give, you have too I much give money Robinson an up exemption on, the on that one. Yeah, no, no, that's not Robinson's fault for drafting a player that you know, I mean, eventually made you, a ton of money. You are right about the offensive line resources, though. I mean, a first-round pick on a right tackle, ben a first-round pick on a right tackle, second-round yeah. pick on a right tackle, big free agent signings, third-round pick on a guard. It's a lot. It's important, but because of the misses and because they weren't willing to pay Conklin, the resources keep getting tied up I, there. You know what it is? I bet it's – okay, so JR is a, a former Patriots scout. Yeah. Uh, and what does Bill Belichick do in like every draft ever? If he has a first round pick, he always trades down. Draft someone bad, just like so John the entire Robinson. time he's learning. He's learning under the <laughs> Patriots. He he doesn't know. 
He's not <laughs> the whole time he's learning under the Patriots. He's not learning how to draft in the first round. Yeah. So, so I mean, and, 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 what he needs to like do John, is he, he needs to draft out of the first round every single year. That's like, what John, like John Robinson, the Patriots first round picks have also stunk lately. I mean, the yeah. jury's out on Mac Jones, of course, that's because, but that's because Bill went 10 straight years where he drafted out of the first round and then he, you know, it's, it, it's Sony Michelle's like a bust. Sony Michelle's a bust. Uh, Nikhil Harry's a bust. Uh, Isaiah Wynn, I don't know a whole lot about. I don't think he's been terribly uh, high achieving. But your your point is well taken that yeah they should just trade down. So another thing happened this week, and it kind of has Titans Twitter intrigued. I wouldn't say you know you, you know just completely uh, in riot mode like they were when the Julio Jones news broke by Peter King. Oh, which I do want to talk about with you guys before we get out of here. But go on. Okay, so we'll talk about that here in just a second because this past week the Kansas City Chiefs released an old friend, Tajay Sharp. On here, <laughs> people, people legitimately want the Titans to go out and sign him. This is a guy who couldn't even make the Chiefs, uh, the, the the Chiefs, you know, training camp squad. You know, when when he's competing with Byron Pringle and, and a couple of other no name wide receivers. Now they want him to come here, and when if he were to come to the Titans. Could he even beat out our guy NWI? Oh, Would he cost more money yes. because he's a veteran? No. What did you say, Luke? Luke, you yeah. better watch. Yeah, Luke, you better watch your – dude, Luke, what did I say about you rearranging mean, the furniture? When I ask that question, you say no. You mean yeah. margin, You mean marginal talent at best, Nick Westbrook, Akina? Look, let's be let's be real. Even if the Titans do trade for Julio Jones, we don't even know if he could beat out NWI, okay? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> NWI so is is the man, all right? So he is the man. And and so we all agree that Tajay Sharp is a ridiculous idea. Yeah, I agree Luke, with that. What's wrong with you today, Luke? Luke, stop. You're you a, can't be anti-NWI and pro-Tajay Sharp. You're in a mood. Look, Tajay Sharp, okay, he might not be better than Nick Westbrook Aquino. He's better than Cam Batson. I like the that. Bat that means. That means you're saying Nick Westbrook Akine is better than Cam Bats. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right. Yes, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm saying that he might be better than Cam Batson on first and second down, but Cam Batson on third and fourth down when you need five yards, you're seeing the wild. There's bat. no one in the They'll league. They'll get better. you four. There is no one in the league better than Cam Batson on a clutch down, and I will, I will no go to war with league. Cam Batson. Luke is in demon mode today. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's looking to just stir shit up. That's what that's what Luke's here to do. Okay, what so that, what was that word you used to describe me on Twitter? Or am I thinking of someone else? Who oh no, that was it? us. What did we say? I said uh <laughs> wasn't feisty, that wasn't the word, but it was something like that. It wasn't Sassy. pesky either, but it was also something like that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up. I'm gonna have to look it up. But yeah, we gotta look that one up. So while we're we, we've got a few minutes left, so let's talk about Julio Jones. Okay, yeah. this guy is 32 years old, missed seven games last season with hamstring problems. Yeah, and he costs a lot hamstring. of money. He costs a lot of money. Sure, they're it's gonna not have our to money. restructure. It's not that. our money. That's what we. That's well, what fans it, need to realize. Like, it's not like we're not. I mean, yeah, against the if you trade for him, that. if you trade for him, you will have to take some <laughs> of that contract. It'll get. It'll be less expensive after June one, but it's still a lot of money to to put into a guy who. You really don't know what you're going to get out of him. You don't know where he is, you know, physically, health wise. 
Yeah, no. Well, you're no, looking you, at the wide receiver room, and it's Josh Reynolds is number two, and you're like, what? Why, how is yeah, this right? Happen? Yeah, no. Let's go to war with Josh Reynolds, Des Fitzpatrick, and Racy McMath. Hey, yeah. what about MWI? <laughs> MWI is on the front lines. Well, no, MWI is the starter, obviously. Uh, Racy McMath and a- AJ is the solid number two. Uh, the uh, the yeah, I look. There is if if anyone is arguing against Julio Jones. Even if Julio Jones comes in on a freaking wheelchair, he's better than seven of the eight guys they have at wide out or whatever, however many they got. You know, yeah. like it's he is he is instantly he makes you better. This is this this is the discussion we had with Clowney last year. Okay, now granted well, that worked out well. Hey, let's, let's <laughs> pump the brakes a bit. All right, look, we all know it didn't go great, but I would still, if we were going through Clowney watch again this year, I would still say. Knowing what I knew from last year, I would still say bring back Clowney because of the 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 playmaker he is. And Julio Jones is at an even more elite level at wide receiver than Clowney is at edge rusher. So I am all for Julio Jones getting him in Nashville. I look, I don't think it's gonna happen. Maybe they are waiting for that June first to strike a deal. And and uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but the Falcons made some pretty cool uh, wallpapers. He wasn't for- on them. With the schedule on them, yeah, there's someone missing from those, huh? Oh, left just their out. number one wide and receiver. They, that's the second year in a row they've left him off those, and that's the most popular player you've had on your team. He's a hall. Oh, that, take, that takes a, him. That he's takes a borderline hall of like famer. I, I don't know that he's there yet, but um, they did that. They did that last year too. Yeah, can you believe it? I mean, well, that's it, well, that there that takes out some. I ammo. think they're what they're gonna do is because they know the Falcons are are looking to get rid of them. They're going to yeah. wait till training camp cuts, and maybe there's a surprise receiver that gets dumped somewhere to make room for another player, and that's where the Titans swoop in and grab another and, and grab a potential wide receiver too, or at least you know a guy that can help out Josh Reynolds out there, so uh, he won't have to do too much of the heavy lifting because he's, he hasn't been put in that position his whole career. This is a yeah. new position for Josh Reynolds in terms of responsibility. He was playing yeah. behind uh, Cooper Cup. Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks I, when he was in LA. It's I, I low key think Josh Reynolds is going to be great. And I think he's going to be better than people are given that signing credit for. I think he's, you know, I, I I'm, I'm excited about Josh. Reynolds. So what's but, a successful season for you guys? I, w- I want you guys a successful season in terms of yards. How many are you looking for from Josh Reynolds? Mm, I'm saying minimum, 750. I'm saying 750. I think that's fair. I'd, I'd probably go a little higher and say 800. Yeah, I'd say I'd say 1800. <laughs> no, uh, no. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I would say successful season. I would say I would go with Luke. I'd say 800. Okay, for sure. And there's got to be a guy out there, or there has to there has to be a guy that's going to become available that can that can well, do that for you. The free agents that are out there now stink. I mean, so, you're looking at guys like Taewon Taylor at this point. Oh Jesus! I, I mean, but I also think like every day that Julio Jones doesn't get traded for, and maybe people are waiting for that June first deadline. Like I, I, I just feel like that's that kind of lowers the price on them a little bit. You know? Yeah. Like the depreciation of him is just going kind down. Kind of like Clowney when he's yeah, a free look, agent. Julio Jones. Yeah, you look him up in the Kelly Blue Brook like a month from now. He's going to be a little bit slightly different price than he is right now. So I I don't know. I just think I, I think the Titans need to find a way to get that deal done. I don't know. I and maybe I'm just I'm just I'm just in awe of bright lights and big names. But 
to me, Julio Jones instantly makes the Titans team better at, an, at a position where they need to be instantly made better. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's just to make the financials work is what's going to be the trickiest part. They've got to find a guy who can come in and, and replace some of these these lost yards the Titans will not be getting this year from Adam Humphreys, Corey Davis, and Johnny Smith. They don't have that guy yet, in my Austin opinion. Peace, John, yeah. But, Austin, it was glad to get you back. I, well, I'm glad to have you back on. You know, it's it's been too long. I think it's been five weeks. And uh, we're, we're just happy you long? joined us this week. Oh my yeah, gosh. it has. I can't believe it's been that long. Guys, I'm sorry. I did not mean to go away for this long. Hopefully, hopefully we will know something soon um, about the, you know, my future with this podcast. Uh, I, uh, in the meantime, be easy on Luke. Don't comment mean things on his YouTube page. Okay. Don't <laughs> look, he's a great guy. I love Luke. All right. Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham. Luke, all right. Luke Worsham. It's a, it's a He's fun, a uh, fun segment. Hey, have you guys laughed at the Texans in a while? Yeah, we did. Yes, we okay, did when yeah. they, uh, when they drafted David, uh, Davis Mills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing? This is stupid. They're so stupid. So stupid. All right, Austin, we got to get you out. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Look, we're going to get you on soon. Whether that's right. you come back, we don't know. Right. Whatever it is. In this people, weird transition time, have feel free to call me. Call me next week. I don't care. I'll come on back on. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. <laughs> we, we just might. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us. It's, that's Austin Huff. You can find him on Twitter at Austin Huff. He founded Cork Bats. Guys, Cork Bats is hilarious. It's, it's a really funny website. They're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Cork Bats, K-O-R-K-E-D. So go give them a follow. Austin, thanks so much. We look forward to bringing you back on soon. I love you guys. I love you so much. I, and, and I'm saying this to the audience too. I love you guys. I love everyone that's hearing my voice right now. I love you all. We love you too, Austin. Thanks. <laughs> there are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. That one hit me in the feels. I miss Austin. He, you know, he, he meant so much to this podcast and, he still does. He, he still could, you know, he still could come back. There's a lot that we still have to figure out there. We'll leave that at that. But moving on, Luke, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer are yes are giving Bill O'Brien and the Texans a run for their money. <laughs> Not completely and totally because Bill O'Brien set the bar extremely, extremely, extremely low. But the but Urban Meyer and what he's taken over and done in his offseason, he's made some questionable decisions in his latest – we talked about it at the top of the podcast. Travis Etienne, uh, the second running back taken in this draft, uh, you know, a first-round draft pick. They are, for the entirety of rookie minicamp, the Jaguars are putting him at wide receiver. He's not taking one snap as a running back. And you're telling me that that doesn't concern you f- for them? Look, as a Titans fan for me, I would love it if my opponents play, you know, let their running back spend all the time in the world out at wide receiver. I think that that's idiotic. You need to learn the position that you're going to play for the entirety of your NFL career. Let's face it, Travis Etienne at 5'9", or whatever it is he is, is not going to be a wide receiver in this league. It's not. So why is Urban using him at wide receiver and rookie minicamp? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And, like, I'm so torn on this. There's like a war happening in my mind right now. You know this is bad. You, you've, you've talked yourself into it being well, a, good, a good thing, but it's well, not a good thing. This is I, stupid. 
my concern is more with the big picture of Urban and, and the Jags because I feel like the day Urban Meyer was hired, everyone just made up their mind that this was going to be an unmitigated disaster. Okay, what have been the criticisms so far? There's been the big three. Number one, the one we're talking about right now, which I'll get to. Number two, Tim Tebow at tight end, which may not even happen because it'll probably get cut before the season starts. <laughs> and number three was the the hire that then became a not hire of the strength and conditioning coach. What's his Chris name Doyle. again? Yeah, Chris Doyle. Chris Doyle. Um, that was the other criticism. And, and he's not even there anymore. I Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like <laughs> – this is just a genius move from a genius coach, and we need to sit back and mind our manners or something like that. But Urban Meyer is one of the best football coaches ever. At the college level. <laughs> he had to throw that in there. Well, I, I think it's important because they're, the NFL but, and college are completely but, different games. Okay, sh- sure. But Nick Saban's refuse- one of the best coaches ever. But he look what happened in Miami. I refuse to believe that Urban Meyer is just going to collapse the Jacksonville Jaguars. First of all, they were already collapsed. There's not much more damage he could do. But I, I feel like a lot of this ETN stuff, not the Tebow stuff and not the Chris Doyle stuff, but this ETN stuff is coming from people who made up their minds in January that Urban Meyer was going to be a terrible coach for the Jaguars, and they're using this as confirmation bias to that end. Because I just don't think this is that big of a deal. He, he talked about seeing Travis ETN as a multiple player who, if need be, similar to what has happened with other players around the league. Look at Christian McCaffrey and and, and Le'Veon Bell, guys are like you, that. Are you saying he's, he's kind of more of a Tariq Cohen than he is a James Robinson? Well, I don't think Tariq Cohen is very good, so I don't think that, that, that wouldn't is, be very con- – so, so that's fine, and Tariq Cohen may not be the right comparison, but – this, Urban Meyer, this is not college football. You, you're not bringing athletes in and kind of determining what position they play um, by, by, by the time fall starts. This is a guy who led the ACC in rushing nearly every single season he was in college. This is a guy who won a national champion, I think two national championships. So why do they bring a running – or why do they draft a running back if, they, if they're just going to use him in the pass game? At least that's what it sounds like this season because – this was a deep wide receiver class. This is a, Elijah Moore was available. He plays a slot. He's kind of the same size as or, uh, as ETN. Uh, if you wanted a pass catcher, why not go get one? Why make a career running back now work out of the work make, out of the slot? See, see, this is the problem. They're not making Travis ETN a wide receiver. The explanation was that during rookie camp, when you can. Give him these reps at wide receiver. Give him some experience, some comfort, so that if, like those running backs we talked about a second ago, you want to play him at receiver on a third down, you know, you got you know an empty backfield and you put him at wide receiver, he has a little bit of footing. I think the idea that they're, like, trying to turn him into a wide receiver and that that he's going to start out wide in week one is is just not what's happening. Yeah, here. you're right. You're and look, it, it's less of a deal than we're making it seem. Obviously, because number one, it's rookie minicamp. 
Number two, he's a running back. The pick in itself was the biggest question mark, though, right? And that was yes. a head scratcher. Why draft ETN when you have Robinson, who was, you know, in the running for rookie of the year last year, offensive rookie of the year at least. But um, it's 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 just another thing in Jacksonville. It's once one thing goes bad, you kind of keep your eyes on whatever happens down there. And if they continue to make questionable decisions and continue to make questionable roster moves then that's going to get talked about because you have the Texans in the same division. The Texans, while they are still idiots and completely incompetent as an entire franchise from top to bottom, um, they have kind of been pretty quiet this offseason, aside from the Deshaun Watson stuff. I know that's been quiet. They, they huh? have been. They, they have been. I mean, they hired a, a coach who really hasn't spoken all season in Coley. Uh, Deshaun Watson's kind of been under wraps, but I get his situation has been ridiculous. Uh, you, you lose J.J. Watt. There, what, what is there to talk about in Houston right now? You have in Jacksonville, the only reason why you're not in the same boat as Houston is because you had the number one overall pick and you drafted Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback who can potentially change your franchise. Will he? Mm-hmm. Not with Urban Meyer. That's my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I'm dying on this hill, Luke. Whether you're dying with me or not, I'll die by myself. Look, if they suck, I'll admit I'll admit it. I'm not going to sit here and be like, just trust the process. But the fact that, like I said, th- there were people who three months ago were ready to declare this a failure, even though Urban Meyer has never failed before. Luke Worsham, Urban Meyer stand. You heard it here first, guys. Okay, so we've talked about, now. <laughs> we've talked about the Jaguars. We've given them enough attention. It's so gross to talk about. It makes me feel dirty. I need to take a shower after we're done recording. <laughs> but let's move on. We're going to close out this episode like we always do every week with Remember the Titan. We're going to pick a guy who a lot of people may not remember or may not have heard of. But for those that do, you're like, oh, I remember that guy. It's a fun bar game we like to play on the podcast because everyone likes talking about, you know, guys that made an impact as a Titan that have since been forgotten. You know, uh, we've had some great ones. We're on episode 63, so this will be players 125 and 126. We've dug deep into the barrel. And we're, we're, we're digging deeper this week. <laughs> Luke, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, so I'm, this one is was, for some reason, for some fans, a fan favorite. Uh, I'm going – I lost my ears. I'm going with Michael Preston. Former Titans wide receiver, big guy, big tall guy, uh, won the Titans a game or, or sent a Titans game to overtime against the Arizona Cardinals with a big late game touchdown catch. Uh, and that was about it. And then everybody after that was just ready to declare him the next big thing. I, I remember training camp the year after that. The big story was you know, Michael Preston. Like Michael Preston was Trey McBride before Trey McBride was Trey McBride <laughs> in terms of receiver who didn't really do anything, but nonetheless fans were clamoring for him to make the roster and then just devastated when he did it. That's a good one. I'll, I'll give him, like I said, though, he won them a game. Trey McBride never did anything. Or he didn't Trey win them McBride. a game. He, he got it to overtime where Ryan Fitzpatrick lost. Trey McBride, who went to the Jets and then the Canadian Football League. That's right. Uh, just a, 
you know, not a satisfying career if if you're a Titans fan. You're not exactly stoked about what Trey McBride brought. Uh, he, he got a degree from the Ivy League. He'll be just fine. Yeah, you're right. Um, shouldn't feel too sorry for him. While yours was good, while yours was on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going defense. Um, outside linebacker slash kind of a special teams guy, uh, Terry Killens. Terry Killens was drafted in the 1996 NFL draft by the Houston Oilers, 74th overall pick. Um, so, you know, the 74th overall pick now, uh, that's a little higher up in the third round than it was when the Oilers nab- nabbed him. Terry, Terry Killens, he, he, he spent eight seasons in the NFL from 96 to 02, although that math doesn't check out. But you know what? That's what they're saying. So eight seasons in the NFL, one with Houston, and then the next four with the Titans. He played in 78 games. So he only missed two games when he when he was a Titan or Oiler. Well, to be honest with you, he only missed two games as an Oiler. He played in every game in all of the four seasons he was with the Titans. Started in two of those games. Uh, three passes defended, one fumble recovery, eight, one sack, 83 tackle or 52 tackles. Um, but the reason why Terry Killens is coming to mind is because he's actually a, a, an NFL official now. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't know that. So uh, you, and this was a Terry Killens. He, he, he played in the Super Bowl in 1999 when they lost to the Rams, when the Titans did. Um, Terry Killens in 2019 joined the NFL's officiating staff. Uh, he's, he's actually wearing number 77. So once 77 comes around, it may not be – the Taylor Lewan sewed, it may just have to be the Terry Killen sewed because that's his referee uniform number. Uh, 77 was actually previously worn by Terry McCauley, who, and, and before that, Mike Pereira. So, if anything, two great officials about that tells, yeah, he may be on a, in a broadcasting booth not too long. <laughs> um, but that's my guy, Terry Killens, outside linebacker, four seasons in Tennessee, one in Houston. Now an NFL official, so be watching. I hope he's not a part of Jerome Boger's crew because that's the only crew in the NFL. I I, I, I despise with, with a level of hatred that I shouldn't have for officials. Boger ball. Boger ball. Yuck. All right, well, Luke, that about does it for Sode number 63, the Munchak Sode. The Munchak but, of Sodes. I can't wait for the Josh Klein of Sodes next week because I have a story. Be, is that Josh Klein or Nate Davis? I, I have a story about Josh Klein Okay, that I've been teasing for two weeks. It's a, I think it's a good one. Okay. Well, then we'll have to we'll have to, we'll have to <laughs> give it multiple names. It'll be the law firm Sode, you know, where you have the Davis Klein and whoever else were 64. But um, <laughs> we are excited for that one. Hopefully some news happens in between now and then. Um, we're it's getting dry. It's we're in we're in late May, um, so so we're we're trying to make the most of these. Uh, but we are glad to have had Austin Huff on. We thank Austin Huff yes. for joining us, Luke. I had fun this week. We I did too. We 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 need the Jaguars have become a bit of crack cocaine for us in in the sense that we <laughs> talked about them once and now we can't put them down. It's like Isaiah so, Wilson originally. Yeah, yeah. he was the con, he was the content monster, and and now that he's gone, we have to find something else to talk about we'll see if the jaguars and urban meyer can stay out of the headlines for just one week just one week urban come on um but with that being said guys we'll see you guys next week luke is there anything for the road you have for the people you know i need to start thinking in advance like i I think starting next week i'll I'll like come up with some like 
wise saying, life skill, something that I can impart to the listeners. I don't have anything right now, you unfortunately. Know. But next next week, come back because you're going to hear the Josh Klein story. You're going to get a great guest. You're going to get Titans Talk. But at the very end, you're going to get something that could change your life. So what? be sure to come no. back next week. <laughs> that is how you tease for next week. Yes. Job. You know, I've got a garden that I just started in the backyard growing jalapenos and tomatoes. It's pretty awesome. It's therapeutic in a way. I should have done this a long time ago. But uh, that's kind of what's new with me. <laughs> so take that for what it is. I'm a gardener <laughs> now. Um, but, yes, so go give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He's at Luke underscore Worsham. Follow us. Also, follow the podcast. At Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. At Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Throughout the week, every week, we keep you in the loop with what's going on with the Titans. We like to use a bit of comedy in doing so. So we try and entertain you guys as much as we can. Thank you all for listening. I know it's May, and I know we're in the dark days of the offseason. We really appreciate you guys sticking around and listening to us. We uh, we love interacting with you guys on Twitter. Get at us. Get at the podcast. Start tweeting at us. We get a couple of you guys that do it, but uh, the more the merrier, obviously. Rate, review, subscribe on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. I believe Apple Podcasts is where you'll be doing the rating and reviewing. So go give us a rating. Make sure to tell uh, Buck that he is worth one star. And that's all I got. We, we had fun this week. We're going to do it again next week. Until then, tighten up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and no since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a Music City miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the Tennessee Titans, they'll keep on fighting all the way.